The kids edition. We play the game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, Nessie! The kids edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. My name's Max Becker. It's been a huge weekend in footy. Geelong back on the winner's list. Bailey Fritch flying high with a screamer. And Port Adelaide setting a new club record with nine straight wins in a row. On the show today, we hear from Daisy Pierce post-game in the rooms for the Cats. Chat to AFL psychologist Sam McLeod on all things mental health and what it means in footy and how important uh, it is for kids to be to, for kids to look after uh, not only their mental health but their physical health to joining me as per usual on a Sunday mornings, Western Bulldogs AFLW superstar Ali Blackburn. Ali, it's great to see you here uh, on a beautiful Sunday morning. Yes, good morning, Max. Good morning, everyone. It is a lovely Sunday morning uh, in here on the Kids Edition. So give us a call on 1300 736 736. If you're on your way to junior footy this morning, you've got Auskick or you've got some footy with your mates and you're ready to have a kick around and kick some goals and do some pretty cool uh, goal celebrations this morning. Give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and we can have a chat about that, or we can have a chat about your favourite player from the weekend, Max, so far in in the games that have uh, happened. Yeah, absolutely, and we've got a couple of signed footies to give away to a couple of signed Sharon. So if you want to get your hands on a signed Sharon by one of your favourite players uh, in the AFL. Give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six or on text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Ali, you covered the Melbourne and Carlton game uh, on Friday night. Melbourne got that win by seventeen points. Christian Petrarca with thirty two touches. Adam Chera maybe uh, in a bit of trouble at the MRO. Uh, he had thirty touches. Mackay instills a bit of confidence in him with three goals. And Bailey Fridge, what did you make um, of him? Yeah, I thought he had a he had a good game himself. The eighteen disposals, the two goals. He he had some really good vision on Friday night, and I really like the way he set up a goal for Petrarca uh, with his inside uh, ball movement there. But yeah, Petrarca for me on that game on Friday night was huge. He had the thirty two disposals and a goal himself, and and was probably the most influential player on the field uh, on Friday night in a, a big win for the D's to get back on the winner's board and, and build their confidence into King's birthday next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Carlton, that almost eliminates any hope of realistic finals chance. They're still in it mathematically, but in terms of realism, it's almost over. Yeah, they dropped right back, um, to 13th position Carlton, uh, with some games still to come and obviously eventually the buy round as well. Uh, so that sort of puts him back a little bit and makes it a bit difficult for him to fight back into that top eight contention from there. But like you mentioned, it's it's not out of the picture yet. There's a few things that they need to tidy up and, and I guess improve on uh, for the back half of the season is something that they'll probably address over the next couple of weeks. Um, but it was great to see the confidence of Mackay back on Friday night as well. Despite not getting a win, he was able to kick three goals and and he looked to have confidence early on in the game, which was really important for him and um, for the rest of the season for the for the Blues. Yeah, absolutely, Ali. Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. Port Adelaide at one stage uh, in the second and third quarter, led by 90 points. And the Hawks uh, eventually got it back to 55, uh, lose by 55 points. But the Power setting a new club record of nine straight wins in a row. Luke Bruce kicked his 500th goal. Todd Marshall and Jeremy Finlayson both had a bag of five. Yeah, it was a, a goal-kicking galore, wasn't it? It was a huge win for Port Adelaide. 
Um, and they, they won it in the first half really comfortably and, and then were almost able to call off the Jets in the in the second half. Um, and, and it's massive for them. Nine straight wins uh, for and Port. After round two, people called for Kenny Hickley's <laughs> head. <laughs> Everyone's quick to jump on it, Max. Uh, so, no, it's, it was huge for them and um, to get another a big win at home. And you're right, just bags of goals galore, which is awesome to see for footy. And, and obviously from a... From a Hawthorne point of view, Luke Bruce getting five goals and, and notching up goal 500 is a huge occasion for him too. If you love kicking goals uh, in your footy or love spending time with your mates or you're kicking the footy before the game and you've got the radio on or you're on the in the car on the way to footy, give us a call on one 736 736 West Coast and Collingwood over at Optus Stadium uh, in WA. Collingwood get the job done by 63 points. Dom Shed with 43 disposals. Liam Duggan, 33 touches as well. Brody Majek and Ash Johnson with three goals. Nick Dacos, 30 disposals and three goals to go with his name. But uh, the talking point was Jordan Dugowie, who really stood out. Ali, the Pies go west and got it done. Yeah, it was a, a, a like we've said before, Max, it's always a, a tough travel going across the West Coast. But Collingwood are probably the most informed team in the competition at the moment, um, along with uh you know, Port Adelaide at the moment as well in that in that category. So a huge win, um, again, for them to keep building that momentum and confidence. Again, they've got the King's birthday game uh, next weekend, which is a massive occasion as well for them and uh, the Ds. So a huge win um, for the Pies. And, yeah, it, it's it's tough for West Coast and, and more injuries coming out of the game as well. Uh, I think Hearn with a, a hamstring, hamstring potentially. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's a it's a tough ride for for the Eagles at the moment. I'm feeling for them in in terms of the injury front. There's some things are a little bit out of your control with that side of things. So, uh, but yeah, I mean from a, a Collingwood point of view, they'd be really happy with with a strong performance and a strong win. In the first quarter, though, West Coast had three men out yeah. for the whole game. <laughs> it's incredible to think that almost your whole bench has been injured uh, in the first quarter, but. I mean, though Collingwood did have a substantial lead in the second quarter and West Coast were able to, I guess, crawl that back yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they crawled it back a little bit, I think, in the third term it was, Max, yep. where, you know, they looked really competitive. They got it back to about 20 points, I think. And and got Collingwood on their toes, which yep. probably doesn't happen too often at the moment. Um, and, and, you know, they, they'll take a lot of confidence out of that from a West Coast point of view, knowing that they're down in numbers. And they were able to crawl their way back in the game. But we know how strong finishing Collingwood are. So they just put them away in that final term. Geelong, the Western Bulldogs. Geelong get the win by 22 points. Caleb Daniel, 35 disposals. Adam Trelaw, 31 touches. Gary Rowland, two goals. And Tom Hawkins, two goals. A 10-goal combined first quarter. Set the game up. And the Cats show some fight in a solid four-quarter effort described by Daisy Pearce to get back on the winner's list. Yeah, a, a big win for the Cats um, for their season and, and their confidence of late. They've lost a couple of games and um, without some superstars in their team. So definitely uh, a, a real confident win for them, particularly against the Bulldogs as well. And and the Doggies dominated in like a stats point of view. They had more mm-hmm. of the footy, more of the contested possession. I think they were winning the inside 50s as well for the game. They just weren't able to quite convert going inside 50. 10 goals, 15 you know, you look on the other hand where, where Geelong are 15 goals, seven. It, it makes a world of difference, doesn't it? it you know, if Bulldogs are uh, 15 goals rather than the 10, they they win that game, obviously, Max. So it's – um or it goes right down to the wire probably a little bit more. But, 
Yeah, the, it was a great contest, wasn't it? It was a, it was a quick game and um, a, a big win from Geelong. And So I'm excited to hear your interview with Daisy Pearce. He does that a bit, doesn't he, Gary Rowan, against the Dogs of recent times? He kicked the match winner, I think it was, against them last year um, in an important win and, and, you know, contributes again in the win last night for the Cats, um, you know, building that momentum for them and, and getting them up and about for... For the game or throughout the game. So a huge win for them. And it's good to see their, their big forwards in Hawkins and Cameron and Rowan all kicking a couple of goals each. Gold Coast and Adelaide in Darwin again. Gold Coast love the heat up there and not so much for any other team in the AFL right now. <laughs> Gold Coast winning by 25 points. Jordan Dawson with 30 disposals. Noah Anderson, 28 disposals. Jack Lacocious, five goals. And Ben King with three goals. The Suns come from 30 points down, though, in the third quarter to win in Darwin. The heat just seems to get to some teams, Ali. Yeah, it does. And and Gold Coast had been up there last week and had been up there and, and, and gotten used to the conditions. So I'd, I had a feeling that one might have come into sort of play towards the end of the game, and, and it did. Um, they, they were definitely much more used to what it was like being up there, and it is trying conditions. And just Noah Anderson, how good's he been again? Mm-hmm. The 28 touches and the two goals himself, he's a... Uh, He's a, a really young gun player. Um, it's great to watch him play, and it's really exciting uh, for Gold Coast fans to, to see him play. And they're just outside the eight, the Gold Coast Suns. They're, they're slowly uh, working their way towards it and, and getting a bit closer. So they've had an exciting couple of wins uh, up north. So, yeah, that'll build their confidence as a team, and, and particularly against you know, West, Western Bulldogs last yep. week yep. and then against Adelaide this week, two really good teams at the moment and informed teams um, was a, yeah, a huge confidence builder for, for the Suns. Well, the extent of this Gold Coast win is going to go miles to put them uh, in a position to be looking at playing finals for the first time uh, in their short franchise history, Ali. But they had only kicked, I believe it was two or three goals uh, in, I think it was three goals by late second term or early third term, and they kicked nine straight goals to get the lead back. It's an incredible um, show of grit and grind. Um, And and as you mentioned, Noah Anderson, there's been a lot of talking points around him um, and a lot of predictions saying he's going to be the next big AFL midfielder, not only in the next few years, but over the next two weeks. Yeah, and, and and he's a he's an absolute gun, and what he's been able to produce this season is really phenomenal. And you know, it's it's been a build to it as well. He's he's had some really good moments in in the seasons beforehand, and um, you know, this season itself is taking his game to another level. They've got the bye next weekend, so they'll be able to rest after <laughs> two long weeks in in Darwin, and um, you know, playing in in the conditions up there, which can be hard on the body, and and so they have a break, and then. Uh, in round 14, they come against Carlton at the G. So another very winnable game for, for Gold Coast, um, which would put them, again, that little bit closer and potentially etch their way into the top eight. So uh, look out for that one. I'm I'm excited to, to see that game in a couple of weeks' time, Max. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, buy round here uh, on the Kids Edition uh, and in the AFL. So only a couple of games on today, Ali. We've got two game, big games on this afternoon, live and free on SEN and the SEN Network. After the break, we'll hear from Daisy Pearce live in the Geelong Rooms. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On SEN. The Kids Edition.
Edition with Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. And Ellie, you guys got back to preseason this week. We'll get to that uh, in a moment. But if you want to give us a call here on the Kids Edition, you can win yourself a signed footy by one of your favourite footy heroes uh, and stars. So give us a call on 1300 736 736. We can chat about your game today or how many goals uh, you want to kick today or if you're setting yourself any special targets. Um, if it's your birthday, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> give us a call on one 736 736 or who is your favourite player uh, from the weekend. But last night, Ali, I got down in Geelong rooms after a big win for the Cats. Uh, it was amazing to see the energy in there and how up and about uh, the whole team was. And I caught up with Daisy Pearce post-game. In the rooms with assistant coach Daisy Pearson, former host of the Kids Edition. Daisy, it's a massive win for you guys tonight, coming off a couple of losses in a row. Yeah, it was. Um, really pleased for the boys. They, you know, played with the right attitude all night, came out, and they were really aggressive. So, um, yeah, good to get a win. Played some good footy through the year, but that was probably our most complete performance in terms of being able to be consistent across the night. Didn't mean it was all perfect, but they just kept showing up, which was good. It was a fast start to the game with a 10-goal first quarter uh, combined for both teams. How did you view that first quarter? Obviously, it was fast-paced. There was a lot of scoring, I believe, in that fourth quarter. Long had, at by stage, had nine or ten uh, goals off the Bulldogs' turnovers. Yeah, well, we really encouraged the boys to be aggressive with their um, attack. But we knew, knew against the Bulldogs that was going to give them opportunities as well. But we were just... Pleased with the way that they just stuck at it, kept looking for opportunities to attack the game when we got our chances, but then be prepared to defend it when it didn't come off. So, yeah, at times, you know, against a side like the Bulldogs, if you go really hard and open up the game a bit, they're going to be able to score against you the other way. But as the game on, we felt like we started to win that battle, making a few better decisions and just being prepared to defend when they did get out. You mentioned a consistent four-quarter effort, which you guys haven't um, previously been able to put together. You mentioned um, prior this season. How would you feel about that tonight? We've had a lot of challenges throughout the year with a bit of change to personnel and um, obviously as the competition evolves and comes out, um, you know, the team that was able to win it last year, it, it means you have to evolve as well. So that's just taken a bit of time and just really excited to see guys like Mitch Nevitt who has taken the opportunities that some of the injuries we've had um, have allowed him and he's just gotten better and better each week and, you know, for him to perform the way that he did tonight... Um, found plenty of the ball and was pretty important with us in some crucial contests but laid you know nearly the most tackles for us tonight so for him to do that from the wings pretty impressive for a young guy and good to see him just keeping on getting better and he was one of the ones that was pretty reflective of that I thought for someone like him to come in and be able to play consistently as he did um, against a really good bulldog side was was great. Geelong didn't have a whole lot of injuries last year and now with, I guess, a sort of depleted midfielder, uh, midfield at the, this current stage, um, halfway through the season, it really seems like it's a next man up mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of all sides get injuries at different times of the year um, and even the Cats last year, early on they did, but um, they were able to hang in there and get opportunity and um, games into some of the young boys and we're sort of seeing that happen again. I mean, last year it was someone like a Sam DeConing who got his chance um, as some of the more established backs missed in the middle parts and early parts of the year and we all know what he did in the back half so this year as you said next man up but we're seeing it again a bit and um, yeah I think when you know one of the things that I was surprised about when I got to Geelong because you just do see the um, more known guys and we're so used to hearing about 
how many over 30 players there are. It's uh, to third year guys. You think, all right, there's a third of the team in here. So they're not all old. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been pleasing to see them get their opportunity. Even Tanner Bruin, Holly Henry, who joined us this year, uh, O'Sheen Mullen, who's come across as a Category B from Ireland, done an incredible job. Um, yeah, so it's it's great. It's good to see them play with confidence and consistency tonight, and hopefully that's a real boost of confidence to springboard um, into the back half of the year. Do you do a lot of work with the, I guess, bulk youth of this group? Yeah, I've got a bit of a role in development with the academy boys, those first to third year guys, like I said. But, um, yeah, I'm, I've got the luxury this year because I joined the program quite late, only a couple of weeks out from the season after I had a bit of time off myself. It was, um, I'm kind of like got a good opportunity to be able to spend a bit of time everywhere if that makes sense rather than be um, locked into one spot so I spent about the first six weeks with the forwards um, and Nigel Lappin so learning off him and now I'm working with the backs and James Kelly so um, yeah to kind of get to know all the different areas of the ground the um, different guys that play in those spots but also learn from the different coaching styles as well so um, it's a pretty good opportunity. New colours and a coaching role, how have you found it so far? Yeah, I've loved it. And I mean, so different. And you know, it was always going to be a bit of a grieving process as I gave up playing. But um, no, it's been awesome. Like, I pinch myself every day that I walk into the Geelong Footy Club. I've admired them for a long time, not just because they've been successful on field, but the people that you meet um, along the way working in the industry. Um, yeah, I've certainly only been more impressed um, knowing the little bits that I did before I got here and I'm going to learn as much as I can and get as good as I can as quick as I can and in the meantime so absolutely loving it and just the chance to stay involved in the footy club Keep up. So that's Daisy Pierce post game in the rooms, it's fantastic to hear her insights uh, early on the game, I think she's going to be head coach at the AFL, just the way she analyses the game uh, and talks about it so well. Yeah, she's always had an incredible footy brain and it's only going to advance sort of being in a program like Geelong's and, and learning off so many different people as well and, and sort of adding more tools to the toolkit, um, you can say, with that for, for Daisy's point of view. But, yeah, she's been a great contributor to, to women's footy across her time and I'm excited to see how she continues that involvement um, in the men's side of the game. Obviously, we know she does it from a commentary point of view and a media space but um, in terms of being in the four walls of Geelong as a coach I think it's something that um, she'll excel in she's a incredible human being and uh, you know what a what a wonderful person to have as part of your footy club for a Geelong point of view and <laughs> just the way she talks about the game and the passion that she has for it obviously it's a bit of a, a different challenge for her moving from being a player and into being a, a coach and um, you know what a what a great opportunity it is for her to um, sort of you know, advance her, her footy career in that space. So it was great to hear from her. It was a great interview, Max. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Ali, if you want to win yourself a signed steel side bottom or Dan Butler footy, give us a call on 1300 736 736 and you can get yourself a signed steel 300 uh, side bottom footy or a Saint star Dan Butler and a premiership staff for the Tigers uh, signed footy for you to have a kick or put up uh, on your wall in your bedroom. Uh, to look at. So give us a call, one 736 Ali, you guys kicked off your preseason on Monday, obviously a four-day uh, week now for you girls. How have you found it? Yeah, loving it, to be honest. It's, it's um, you know, the, the first week is probably the hardest out of a lot in terms of just adjusting your life back into training. It's mm-hmm. it, not necessarily the training itself because 
we know it's a, a long preseason and <laughs> it's only going to get tougher from here. So if you're saying week one's the hardest in terms of a training point of view, <laughs> uh, we've got a rude awakening coming from us. But no, in terms of sort of just adjusting your life, um, it's probably the difficult part, finding, you know, a lot of the players still work and um, study and things like that. So for me, trying to adjust it in between work, um, it, you know, it, it has its challenges, but I just love being around the girls, to be honest, and around the group. I love footy, so I love playing it, love training it. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. Ha- had a lot of enjoyment out of it. We've got a um, few new players as part of our side um, and they've just slotted in pretty seamlessly and, um, you know, a, a great characters to have as part of our footy club. We've got some new coaches rolling around, um, so it's great to, to learn off these guys. Um, and having some returning faces um, coming back into the club in terms of like, you know, a, a medical point of view, like with some physios um, returning back to the club. So, which is really nice to to see and, and to have, but we're back on Witten Oval yesterday. Um, the boys got to run around on their Friday on their captain's run, which was great to see. Fresh coat of paint. Yeah, it was um, looking fabulous. So they've done a great job of the Oval so far um, in the redevelopment point of view, Max. Um, and then obviously, yeah, we were able to have a run around on Witten yesterday, which was great to sort of be back home. Um, it felt, yeah, pretty awesome to to be back there training uh, with the group. So no, I'm loving it. Loving it sick, to be honest. It's, um, it's so much fun when you get to train and, and play with your mates and, um, you know, just, just be competitive within your four walls and, and push each other to be the best you can be. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to come into this next season. It's a, it's very exciting times, um, for us, Max. So Yes, I'll be sore and sorry. Um, <laughs> you saw me sort of hobbling in today, <laughs> just a few tired um, bones and muscles. But no, it's uh, it's uh, great fun um, being back uh, training with the group. Did you practice any miracle goals throughout the week? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, th- I think it might have been actually on Wednesday night. I couldn't do it yesterday because I was um, a bit fatigued sort of yesterday. I didn't want to overdo it. Um, after a, a big Saturday session. So, no, I think it was during the week I was trying to practice the, the miracle goal from the boundary. Didn't quite get it on he the takes fir- through it. Didn't quite get it on the first couple of goes. <laughs> um, had a few more people watching the first couple of goes and then you get it on the third, third or fourth try when everyone's sort of worn off looking and paying any interest in you trying to get a miracle goal. <laughs> but I try and roll it towards the top of the 50 um, on the boundary on the right side. So... It's almost like, imagine how Tom Hawkins kicks the ball, how he sort of yeah. it makes that left to right happen. Yeah. So I try and practice that a little bit on the run. So I don't know, I've, I just, I love that type of goal for some reason. It's um, something I practice quite a fair bit. So I'm hopeful it pops up in a game and I can put the practice <laughs> into an actual uh, game itself, Max. It'd be fun to do. And I've worked out a couple of celebrations. I won't give too much away uh, in that space. You know what, but the, the occasion itself probably will take over me and I'll, I just won't even do any of the celebrations I've practiced as a result of it, Max. So, <laughs> no, it's um it's a lot of fun practicing the miracle goal. So any kids out there, give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Max is organized for some signed share and you can have a chat to us about what miracle goals you love kicking. So give us a call on one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 and you can have a chat to us about that. Yeah, we'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition right back after this. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, that's you. 
Kids Edition with Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. So that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. <laughs> Ellie and I were just having a chat uh, about the NBA Finals uh, and how big of an occasion it is. NHL hockey on today. Uh, when I was over in the US, I went to a Vegas Golden Knights game. I didn't realize how special uh, it was going to be, and I took in the occasion um, and all that it was because they are in the Stanley Cup NHL playoffs. So it's game one today. I'm looking forward to watching uh, guys like Stone and Michael Amadio uh, put their best efforts out there uh, on the ice at 10am this morning. So if you've got KO or Fox or ESPN or any <laughs> of that kind of thing, you can uh, you can watch the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But Ali, yesterday I got down to the Point Cook Bulldogs footy club and had a chat with one of their juniors, Oscar. This is Local Legends. Eight points. Eight behinds. So you kicked one goal, two, just in behind. I got a goal. And anywhere for you, I'll see you swift again. Hey! With skinheads and shit. Yeah. It's like it just grows it down. Local legends. Local legends. We're here at the Point Cook Bulldogs with Oscar. Oscar, thanks so much for emailing in uh, to the Kids Edition. A big game for you guys tomorrow. Yes. Who are you versing? Uh, we are playing Werribee. Oh, awesome. What time are you playing at? Uh, 10 o'clock. Really, what's your favourite thing about playing footy? Um, probably kicking goals. Kicking goals. Have you got a special goal celebration that you do? Not really. No? Do you want to give a shout-out to a couple of your mates you play with? Um, shout-out to Denim. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> what's your favourite position to play? Forward, obviously? Um, yeah. yeah. Do you ever get down back or in the midfield? Yeah, back a little bit, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Who do you go for on the footy? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. You play for the team you go for. How's that feel? Very good. Very good. What about the song at the end of the game? Is it the exact same song that the dogs sing? Yes, it's very easy to remember. <laughs> Who's your favourite player of the doggies? Um, Arthur Jones. Arthur Jones? Why do you like Artie Jones? Um, I don't know. I just like him. What about the bond? He's been big for you guys this year. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. Do you think they're going to get tonight against the Cats? Yeah. How much do you think they're going to win by? Um, 30 points. 30 points. Oh, big call. Oscar, thanks so much. That is Local Legends for this week here on the Kids Edition. We'll take a quick break on the Kids Edition. Sam McLeod, AFL psychologist for Richmond, right after the break. She's travelling with the team. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. Oh, Nessie, yeah. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition on the line. We have AFL psychologist Sam McLeod. Sam, it's great to chat to you here on the Kids Edition and great to chat to you again. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Max. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, so I believe you're just at Brecky at the moment uh, with the Tigers in GWS. <laughs> yeah, I just said I, I, we're at Olympic Park and I grabbed a coffee was about to go for a walk as I was talking and um, started raining. So now I'm inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, Sam, we know how much um, and how important it is for kids to look after uh, their not only their physical health but their mental health too. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, how important it is for these AFL players you work with? Yeah, well, I think not only AFL players, I think all athletes really no matter what age because if they're serious about their sport by the time they get to an elite and professional level there's quite a few demands from the sport let alone if they've had 
the mental health difficulties earlier in their life. So, you know, I think the thing for me as an AFL psych is trying to assess that, see if there was any difficulties earlier in their life so that we can get on it early and prevent it, but also look at what is it about the sport that makes it stressful um, so that we can, you know, basically design interventions around that to try and prevent mental health problems. The dynasty of Richmond, Sam, was obviously a big thing over the past, uh, you know, five or six years for you guys. Um, Obviously, since 2021, you've worked uh, at the club. How have you viewed um, that front in terms of is there a lot of mentality work um, alongside Damien Hardwick and all the coaches that you do to try and put things in place um, going out onto the field? Yeah, there's there's like a variety of things, right? So you could have um, one-on-one sessions with the with the players. Um, there's quite a bit of well-being education work put into the team collectively, um, and then there's also multidisciplinary work. So looking at how we can best support the athletes from all fronts, um, and sometimes there's you know the coaches, the support staff, and the sports medicine team. Um, you know, they've all been through the pandemic as well and probably pretty burnt out. So, you know, trying to trying to support them as best we can. Um, we're lucky because at Richmond we have um, another head site, Campbell, so he tends to look after the staff and I look after the players. Wonderful. And, and working with the players, Sam, you know, <laughs> what's, what's that like on a, a day-to-day basis? You know, what's the importance that they put on their mental health and well-being? Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, media around AFL and mental health, and it's been the last few years with with the focus. Um, I think athletes in general are, are more aware of it, and they probably knew, the athletes knew themselves if they were struggling, but the difference is they feel more free to talk about it, and, and particularly in men's sport, where, you know, we know that men under-report mental health Issues. So what we're trying to do is make it a safe place for everybody um, to to look after their mental well-being as much as we do their physical well-being. So it's more about making it safe. And is there any tips that you can give to kids out there um, that are looking to sort of improve their, their mental well-being? Is there any yeah, initial tips or, or tricks that you can provide um, for any of the kids listening? Yeah, I think I think particularly if they're, if they're playing a sport, what I say about kids, I work a lot with kids, particularly athletes, is they probably know whether they were anxious, you know, anxious studying, anxious at school, anxious in public speaking, um, some of this stuff, and they don't get onto it until there's an issue in their sport and it turns into performance anxiety. Um, or if they have an injury, a major injury, their first injury, I would say try and bring sports psychology into your careers earlier so that you can build a relationship with somebody. And once you've built that relationship, then you can have that psych for life, you know, throughout your whole career, through different stages, um, because they'll know you pretty well. And I find that kids adapt really quickly to most of the strategies, whether that be for mental health and wellbeing or performance psychology. They, they take them on, they use them. And if you start using performance psychology early in the sport, it becomes automatic. So it's just like doing your basketball skills or your footy skills. You do you use your mental mental skills for performance. In terms of performance psychology, like you just mentioned, Sam, is there anything kids can 
um, specifically do to help enhance their mental state prior to a game? I think the biggest thing is probably in kids is nerves and expectation. Um, So one of the most fundamental things that we teach all athletes is when you're focusing, when you feel nervous, you're probably focusing on the outcome, like how well you'll be playing. Um, Are we going to win? Am I going to be selected in that team? So what you have to learn how to do is divert that attention back to what you're actually doing in your sport. So say if it was a foul shot in basketball, you know, we're not worried about whether they're going to go in. What we're worried about is, are you focusing on the technique of actually shooting a foul shot the way your coach taught you from little so that you're sort of hogging your head, focusing on the skill and the outcome will take care of itself. So I would say that's like the first step we do with anyone is to work out whether they're process-focused or outcome-focused. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. Thanks so much for joining us on the Kids Edition and uh, best of luck for today. Thank you, Max. I hope we win. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much. Sam McLeod there, AFL psychologist for Richmond. It's a huge game um, against GWS. You can catch that across SEN and the SEN network. Yeah, it's it's great to have um, just some different bits of pieces of advice and, and some things um, that Sam can provide or has been able to provide us um, with some really good bits of information as part of it um, there, Max. You know, it's it's such an important part of your game, your, your mental health and your mental well-being and, and getting that performance side of things sort of ready to go before the game happens and, and particularly from a young age, um, particularly, you know, for someone like myself who's who's in the game and being part of the game, it's, it's a, r- a real focus point because... You're right, it's like a lot of the time you, you focus on sort of the outcome but not the process to get yep. there and, yep. and sometimes if you don't get that outcome, it's it's a, it's a bit hard on you. So, yeah, making sure that all the kids out there listening that you focus on these things and, and nerves and all that, they're okay to have and there's ways to work through them. So um, it was great to hear from, from Sam and for her to share her insights with us and particularly working uh, alongside some incredible people at the Richmond Football Club, Max. Is there anything yourself or any teammates do to try and settle those nerves before a game? Oh, there's a, a mix of things. You know, people go to like mindfulness type stuff. Um, for me, I just, I, I try and get myself in that space of, I've done the work and, and focusing on sort of the process throughout it. It's the, the end outcome, like Sam mentioned, will, will take care of itself and that will be what it will be at the end of the game. And it's in the build up to it is just making sure that you're focusing on, uh, you know, what's happening at that moment in time. So being really present um, in your actions. And there's this really cool, um, I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, Max, yep. and any yep. kids out there, I'd highly recommend it. It's an incredible series. Um, but there's probably one in the first episode in the last episode, it's be a goldfish. So that 30 second mm-hmm. memory. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you make a mistake in a game and you're focusing on it for the next handful of minutes, you almost take yourself out of the game a little bit because you're mm-hmm. too worried about one action that's already happened and you can't change the result on that. So you've got to f- almost accept that that's happened and then focus on the next thing. What What's in your control from there. And, and that's something I try and incorporate into my game as much as possible, focusing on the things I can control and just accepting what's happened um, as part of it. So, 
yeah, there's bits and pieces that people work on um, as part of their game and um, what helps them sort of move forward throughout the game. But it's great to work on your mental well-being um, as as an athlete and and just as a, a, a person in society in general. It's um an important part of our life, Max. So it was great to hear from Sam and get her insights. Yeah, absolutely, Ali. Some huge games: GWS and Richmond and Essendon and North Melbourne here on SEN and across the SEN network, live from 1pm on SEN. We'll be right back after this. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On SEN. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to the Kids Edition. We've got two massive games here on SEN this afternoon. GWS and Richmond at Giants Stadium, live from 1pm for a one for a one o'clock start. Maddie Hill, Matthew Cox and Liam Pickering covering that, taking you home for that game. And then at 10 past four, Essendon and North Melbourne live from Marvel Stadium for a 4.40 game. Nick Butler, Joe Watton and the Essendon legend himself, Scott Lucas. So it's a couple of big matches and specifically for Essendon uh, and North Melbourne. Essendon on a roll at the moment and we'll see if North Melbourne can put a halt to that. Yeah, uh, a couple of good contests sort of finishing off uh, this round in the in the first start of the by rounds, Max. So I think that first game, the the Giants Richmond game, yeah, uh, will be a real close one. I reckon the Giants will get the job done though. Um, I'll go with you on GWS for that one. Yeah, they they welcome back Himmelberg into the side as well, uh, which is a, a huge in for the Giants. We know his impact and influence on the games um, itself, and and obviously you know the the likes of having a Toby Green in your team. Who, who's an incredible player, had a great game last weekend in his 200th game. So I uh, see him continuing on that form. But I think Richmond will be really competitive today. Um, I just think the Giants will get the one this one done at home, Max. Absolutely. What do you reckon Essendon and North Melbourne? Essendon should um, get that win pretty comfortably, you'd expect? Yeah, uh, I guess North Melbourne welcome back a couple of people as well. But Essendon get back Shield today, yeah. who's a yeah. huge in... Uh, for them. So, yeah, I, th- I think Essendon are uh, on a roll at the moment. They're sitting in eighth spot at the moment, so they'd love to to get a win and, you know, solidify a bit of a spot in that top eight. Uh, they'll bump themselves almost up to sixth position, um, you know, at the, at the end of this round. So if they, if they can get the job done there, but I expect them to do that pretty comfortably. Under the roof at Marvel Stadium uh, later this afternoon, Max. Kyle Langford's in great form playing, I guess, a utility role. Um you, you know, you can go down back and step up um, in the ruck when it matters and go down forward and kick some um, pivotal goals for the Bombers. Yeah, he's been really good for the Bombers, hasn't he? He's um, really enjoying the role that he's been able to play for them and um, loving his competitive nature as well. And he's, he's almost been a, a really reliable player for, for the Bombers um, of recent times. And they've got Redmond down back who's in good form as well. And, and Nick and pl- Martin. Nick Martin's playing really good, good footy as well. And um, the skipper in Merritt as well. He's been... Uh, really competitive uh, through the middle of the ground too. So they've got some really strong players and competitors in their side. So you'd expect them to get the win uh, later this afternoon. And, and, you know, I think for their confidence, they'd like to get a really strong win themselves and, and really, um, you know, be that competitive nature and, and get a, get a strong win against uh, a North Melbourne outfit that, you know, they do welcome back in, in Tucker Shields and, and Thomas as well for the, um, for the game later today. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a look at the top eight quickly. Ali Collingwood, one game clear of Port Adelaide and two games clear um, of Melbourne and the Lions. So it's Collingwood then followed by Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane, St Kilda at five, 
Western Bulldogs at six, Geelong at seven, and Essendon at eight. The bottom five, I guess, could really shape and shift throughout this last half of the season, specifically uh, with St Kilda and most likely Geelong. Yeah, absolutely. I I think those sort of top four stay pretty much where they are, or, or they won't really change too much. But I think those top mm-hmm. four teams will. We'll stay in the, the top eight. They've been really good. I'm really looking forward to the game next weekend against Collingwood and Melbourne. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the, you're right, Max. There is a, a bit of room for movement, uh, particularly with the form of Adelaide Crows of recent times and Fremantle building on that too. So looking forward to throughout the bye rounds in the second part of the season, Max. So it's the Queen's birthday or King's birthday clash uh, at the MCG for Big Freeze Fight MND9. Get your Big Freeze uh, Fight MND beanie. I believe a Coles... It is this year, Ali. Um, not Bunnings anymore, I don't think. But it's been a huge show here on the Kids Edition. We've heard from Daisy Pierce post-game last night in the Cats rooms. We've heard from AFL psychologist Sam McLeod. We've got a- Ali's thoughts on the AFLW preseason so far and who she's most looking forward to. Thanks for joining us here on the Kids Edition. We'll see you next weekend.